And welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor Mark Kalaroff. Very important matters to talk about tonight. Yes, uh, truthfully, uh, lots, much to discuss, much to think about. Uh, with us to ponder these, uh, these topics is indie games editor Campbell Gill. Yeah, the important matter is actually, um, I'm pleased to announce that I am now the voice of Bayonetta in Bayonetta 3. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, a, a topic that we swore we would not discuss on this podcast, and Yeah, yet, well, I didn't swear to it, so. That's true, yeah. Cam- Campbell's like, swear to me, like Campbell did not, did not swear. Um... Uh, yeah, listen, we're not going to talk about the Bayonetta no, controversy. No, no, there's a, no. there's a lot to say, but I think we all agreed kind of before we start recording that we do want to hear a few more details uh, regarding the, the voice actor controversy that is besetting Bayonetta at this moment in time. Uh, so stay tuned. Maybe when the game comes out, we can kind of wrap back around to uh, to the controversy surrounding uh, the voice of the main character. Um but to, to start this episode, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, Campbell brought to our attention last night. Uh, gentlemen, we got some fan mail. We got a little uh, we got a little email question uh, from a from a listener of the podcast. Uh, uh, Casey writes, "Hey guys, I love hearing your episodes on the podcast. Uh, I have a question for any of you that are hardcore Star Fox fans. Which Star Fox final boss battle do you like the most?" Andros on the Star Fox for the uh, the SNES, Andros for the N64 Star Fox, or Andros on the Star Fox Adventures. Uh, guys, we've never done this on the show before. This is kind of fun. So we felt like we had to address this this question right off the bat. Star Fox fans, uh, are either of you? I know that we all have have talked about Star Fox in various capacities over the over the you know the last couple of years we've been podcasting together. Um, I am a diehard Star Fox 64 fan, but I've also enjoyed it on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Star Fox Adventures, I did miss that one. That one never, I, even though it was one of the few GameCube games, uh, you know, gracing us with its presence, I never really got into that one. Uh, the Wii U one, never played it, uh, despite... Uh, good? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yes, that's the, that is the reaction that I have heard. Uh, what, about, what about you guys? What's your relationship with, uh, with Star Fox? Let me tell Fox you, franchise? you're going to be yes. happy to know this, Cameron. I am a mm-hmm. hardcore Star Fox 64 3d fan there you go on the Mm. 3ds yes yes fantastic (laughs) Uh, what about you campbell (laughs) i am a hardcore Star Fox 64 on the wii virtual console fan (laughs) (laughs) that's very funny um the Star Fox 64 the i guess you call it a remake for the uh for the 3ds i do own that as well um it's fun Mm -hmm. it's it's great it looks beautiful uh but for me for me it's all about holding that terrible nintendo 64 controller and and doing my barrel rolls by double tapping z that's that's how i experience uh star fox 64 uh for me i'm all about that that andros battle and the n64 version it's super fun there's multiple versions of it depending on uh the the levels you beat in the game um it's challenging it's like just the right amount of challenging and also like fun it's 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 a great boss fight 
Um, again, having never played Star Fox Adventures, I, I cannot speak to the Andros boss fight in that game. Um, I don't know. What, what about you guys? Have you ever, have you either of you ever made it to Andros? Not in Star Fox Adventures. Which games? But... Uh, fair enough. In, in, in any of them. In, in yeah. uh, 64, in Star Fox Adventures, in any of them. Star Fox Adventures is the only one I haven't finished. Mm-hmm. I see. Got Same. it. I have watched the Star Fox Adventures final boss on YouTube for whatever that counts. <laughs> it counts. Yeah, it totally counts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, honestly, considering all the iconic Andros fights in the series, like the Adventures one just seems kind of lackluster just because sure. it's like a standard Andros fight. He doesn't turn into a brain. He isn't some weird polygonal being. He's just a monkey in space. It's like, <laughs> fine. But like in a game that's filled with dinosaurs and stuff. Why? Why is it just such a standard Andros fight? So right. Well, and that's kind of the fun part about um, the Andros boss fight is that if you if you play through the, uh, well, yeah, in, in any version of it, there's always like there's like a secret version of him because like you're fighting him in the N64 version and he's like you know he's your classic giant floating monkey head in space like like anybody uh, would encounter, <laughs> um, but then you know you defeat him and you defeat basically you do like the first health bar right. And it turns out it's like, oh my god, he's a robot the whole time. Or like if you play through the, you know, you get the true ending, he's like a giant brain with like the eye stalks coming out of it. Like super weird. Um, so yeah, mm. it seems like kind of a shame to uh, to just default to like, and he's a big monkey in <laughs> Star Fox I think, Adventures. The, I think the surprise of that in 64 is really why that boss fight shines the most out of all of them. I- Completely agree. The yeah. whole ending sequence of Star Fox 64 is just masterful. <laughs> it's brilliant. Not it's only do, do you fight a giant monkey head that turns into a disembodied brain, but then you learn about your father. The whole place blows up. Like it's this whole <laughs> just crazy sequence that it's uh, yeah, it's an all timer uh, mm-hmm. ending sequence for sure. And like, like honestly, like we're kind of joking about it, but like it truly is. <laughs> I, think I think it's great. Um, it's extremely over the top. It's very melodramatic. Uh, yeah, Star Fox saying father like or what does he say like dad like it's it's great i think it's uh, both if i remember correctly it's like it's extremely good dad father dad was he he actually hallucinating in that i think that's a great question listen mark i still don't know yeah these are the these are the questions that remain unanswered to this day is like was it was he seeing you know was was he being helped out by the ghost of his father was his father real the entire time and coming to save him who can say really like it's uh these are the questions that remain Is unanswered. Is Fox McCloud going to wake up from a coma and find out his ship crashed before the oh game God. even started? <laughs> too dark, oh, too dark, too dark. The whole thing is he's actually just a fox at a vet or something. And this <laughs> yeah. whole thing is oh, just one no. coma, fever-induced dream. Yeah, he's just like a, he's like a forest fox that ate like some hallucinogenic <laughs> mushrooms or something. Like, and like there's yeah, like that's... a sci-fi movie playing at, at the vet <laughs> while at the, he's at going under or yeah. something. It's like exactly. the ending of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. This is perfect. Yeah, there um, you go. But <laughs> getting a little closer back to you know Star Fox and final bosses and stuff, we're talking so much about how amazing Star Fox 64's final battle is, and it truly is. But I don't think we should forget about Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. That final battle is also really cool, just because, firstly, mm-hmm. it's such a technological marvel for the console, and the way Andros looks, the robot face... It's so strange and unlike yeah. anything else on the console, and it lives on through that amazing trophy in Smash Bros. too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's it's still brilliant in its own right as well. Yeah, I, I still never... can't believe that's Andros. I know, it right? So weird. It's so strange. It's of all oh, things, Andros. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I never was able to beat the. I, I never played uh, the original uh, Super Nintendo Star Fox. I guess. Is it just called Star Fox? It's not Super Star Fox. Yeah, it's Fox? just called yeah, Star, Star Fox. Fox. Star Fox. Yeah, so Star I, Fox. I, 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 the the first time I experienced Star Fox was actually on the Super Nintendo Classic console. Yeah, I never actually, here. I never played it mm-hmm. as a kid. I didn't play it growing up. It was just not not one of those games that I uh, ever had uh, growing up. So that one, uh, I've never been able to like beat it just because like it's it's kind of rough playing it these days. Like especially with the Super Nintendo gamepad, it's like it's 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 a tough game. Um, and it doesn't, you know, obviously, it doesn't look as crisp and pretty as, uh, you know, Star Fox 64 on the 3DS or anything like mm-hmm. that. So it's it's a little bit rougher to, to play through that one. Um, still worth playing, for sure, especially uh, if you're, if you're as alluding to what Campbell just said, like, it looks really good for the time period that it came out in. Um, and the Super Nintendo's doing some cool stuff. They, they, they made a chip, uh, what was it called? The, um, the Super, the Super FX, FX chip. Or, yeah, that's Super what it Super FX, yeah. The Super FX chip. Uh, just to, like, just to be able to play the game, the Nintendo was like, "We gotta, we gotta invent new technology." Like, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and then, of course, Star Fox uh, Two is also on the Super Nintendo Classic, um, which was never released. Never released, and it's even harder to play than the first <laughs> Star Fox game. Um, so, certainly worth experiencing those games, even if you know just for a level or two, just to kind of get a sense of. Uh, of what they were able to do with, at the time period with the technology available at the time. What's um, your favorite quote, though? That's not about the barrel roll from those games. Oh, boy. Um, uh, cocky Little Freaks. Cocky Little Freaks! Is an all-timer. Um, <laughs> one of the bosses in the early couple of levels. Cocky Little Freaks! Uh, <laughs> classic. Um, anything that Leon says, uh, I am the great Leon. Annoying bird. I am the great Leon! Uh, he's great. Uh, anything Pigma says... Uncle Andros, like we love Pigma uh, as much as a freaking tool he is. Um, really, really, the entirety of Star Wolf uh, is just is just so quotable to me. Like anytime they show up, uh, Star Wolf is is just the best. The best you love to hate him, you know. Like when Star Wolf was revealed as a playable character in in whatever Smash Brothers game, Smash Wii U, Brawl, yeah. Oh, it was a Brawl. Oh my God, mm-hmm. like lost my mind. Became my main for like the longest time. I love Star Wolf and any quote he says in, uh, you know, sixty four or whatever version of the game. I'm I'm a, a huge fan of anything anything like that um those are my quotes i don't know what about you guys you got, you got favorites one that sticks out just given what we're talking about is just in star fox 64 the final boss fight when andros becomes the brain and he just declares i'm the only one with the brains to rule the lilac system <laughs> only i have the brains to rule lilac and just yeah. i'm oh, always cheesy. honestly it's amazing like if you're in a fight to the death that's the perfect time to make a really stupid pun so well, it Cam- speaks to Campbell, me on a deep yeah i was level. i was gonna say campbell like he's right and he should say it and mm-hmm. uh it's 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 good although you know? i should add that on the semantic level he's not the one with the brains he literally is the brain is the brain that's true <laughs> he's the brain with the brains uh <laughs> what about you mark you got a favorite favorite star fox quote mine's actually the the first one in the game which is it's about time you showed up fox oh <laughs> it's about time you showed up fox <laughs> classic general general pepper iconic yeah. okay yeah it, it truly is iconic um i mean we can't we, and of course we can't go too far without mentioning falco and slippy and and peppy hair mm-hmm. um who ha- all have their own wonderful range of, di- of diverse and iconic quotes uh such as fox get this guy off me uh you know <laughs> over and over and over again and huh guess i should be thankful 
Like we, you know, <laughs> and of course, who could forget do a barrel roll from Pepe? Like, come on, there's just so many quote after quote after quote um, from from these games. It's it's wild how quotable these games are, even even to this day. Um, I would love to. I've never played. Uh, is the Star Fox Zero the one on the Wii U? Yes, it, it is. is. Unfortunately, yes. yes. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I like. I, I, I want to play that game so bad. I, I know it's, it's like $5. To, <laughs> I know it's supposed to be trash, but I like I'm so interested it's to not, see like it's not complete trash. It's just that there's a lot of levels in the game that are like trash. <laughs> Anything sure. that involves the little robots that you have to control and some of the the vehicles are just awful to control outside of the uh, the standard R-wing combat. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Mark, is that it's not trash. It's just substantially trash. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, of course. But like to be to be fair, if you took the gamepad of the equation, wouldn't that fix a lot of the problems with the game just to begin with? Because it's so difficult to play as it is. Just where listen, you... Campbell. Maybe after Platinum figures out their Bayonetta situation, maybe they'll <laughs> figure out their Star Fox situation next. Oh, Who's voice acting Star Fox? <laughs> <laughs> oh Ten my god articles don't later. don't massacre my boy joe ziega interviewed <laughs> oh, him man yeah i i don't know if he voiced fox in the game he voiced him in the the promo the animation that they did right for, yeah. Uh, yeah the short film that they made Very which was funny. better than the game by the way <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Nintendo's good at the little short films. Like I mm-hmm. love when they produce little little weird animations and things like that. Um, That'd be so good to get a new Star Fox film or like a TV show. I, yeah, man. Like I feel like we. I don't know. Obviously, we talked a lot about the Mario movie last uh, last recording, but it would be awesome if they got like a full fledged like Star Fox anime or something you know can you imagine like that would be awesome or you um, could just get illumination to work on it after the mario movie yeah chris Pratt they are good Fox. with fur it's gonna be yeah. great they are good, good with, with fur, fur. <laughs> what wow. does that mean the, it means, it means, know, it means just like the way it they animate it, it you know yeah. <laughs> yeah sure it does came off terribly no i love it uh, i think it's a great a great spot to end this segment on um <laughs> Casey, I hope we answered your question. Thank you so much for for sending in. Like truthfully, like I this led to a great little segment, and I'm so grateful that you listened to the show and and uh, sent us an email. Uh, if you listen to this podcast and you're like, we like hearing those boys share their bad opinions about things, um, feel free to send uh, an email over to video games editor and uh, maybe we'll uh, answer your question on the show. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, come back, and Mark's gonna tell us about the the latest and greatest. Uh, strategy uh, RPG available on the Switch. Uh, So stay tuned and we shall return.
back. Uh, so, of course, when I was referring to the highly anticipated uh, latest RPG coming to Switch, we are talking about Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. We'll talk. We're gonna talk about Persona Five next week. Everybody, stay I, I tuned. Never saw that coming. We're gonna. <laughs> No! <laughs> Campbell! You didn't see it coming, though, did you? I didn't see it coming. That's my own fault. Um, wow. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> wow, that completely derailed me. Uh, so You're welcome. We'll talk about Persona 5 uh, next time. Uh, Mark has been playing Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope for the Switch, and uh, you said you had a lot to say on it, so I am very open to hearing... Your thoughts and feelings. I've been playing the original off and on over the last couple of weeks, just to kind of get a refamiliarize myself with, uh, you know, with the unique take they've been having on the Mario characters and, and incorporating the rabbits in. So, uh, Mark, I'm I'm very intrigued to hear your thoughts on this sequel mm-hmm. from uh, Ubisoft. So go go right ahead. Yeah. So for Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, it's a direct sequel to uh, Kingdom Battle, which came out back in 2017, and this game is almost, and I say almost better than the original in every single way possible it is better than the original but it's not beating it in every aspect but for the most part yes it does absolutely especially in terms of gameplay it just obliterates the original it's not even like a competition so in the in the new mario plus rabbits it's still a tactics game except this time around it's more of a uh, it has more of a dynamic and real-time elements to the combat system so rather than controlling characters with a cursor across a board like you usually would in the Rabbit series, um, instead or series, this is second entry. In this entry, <laughs> you're um, it, it's like it has a free flow to it where you actually get to move the characters around in a 3D space, and hmm. you get to bounce between all of them. And there's so many different new combinations that you could pull off, and it's just a small, simple change, but all of it does wonders for the gameplay. Because it expands upon everything and gives you all sorts of new strategies to work with that you normally would not be able to perform without that type of gameplay. Which is Mm -hmm. interesting because you would think, well, a character just runs up to another character, you're able to perform a combo, jump off them, do whatever. But in this case, it makes it way more dynamic. And when those real-time elements take place, you actually have to think more about the battlefield and how the enemies are operating because it's not so... It's not like chess in a sense anymore because everything mm. is constantly affecting each other during the battle itself. So, so it feels more dynamic. You're saying it feels yeah. That's the yeah. That's the thing with it. It's a more dynamic combat system, and that's definitely the whole strength of the game. But the weakness of the game, on the other hand, is the story, the writing, and the music which is a shame because I think that's all the stuff the original one nailed, but where it needed to clean up was in the combat department and how its world was not immersive enough for the player where it felt a little barren to explore, but this one feels super populated to explore. And there's a lot of side quests to complete and there's a lot of interesting characters roaming around. So Mm -hmm. it's weird that it's taken a step back in that department, but it's taken a huge step forward in the other because overall, it's a much better experience. It's way more fun, the game. It'll definitely keep you captivated, I think, way more. Especially for us who, you know, I don't think any of us have completed the original. But we've all put quite a bit of time into it. But it's like, it never had that hook to keep us to the end. But this one, even if I wasn't reviewing it, I would still be compelled to finish it all the way through. And even do a ton of the side content. Because the gameplay was fantastic. And I just wanted to see and explore more of the worlds themselves. 
Mm, okay. So um, a couple things jumped out at me in what you just said. Um, first off, uh, uh, well, two things, really. Uh, Campbell, I forget. What's your experience with this, uh, with the original game? Have you played the original? One second, please. <laughs> I, I, I own. I, that's the shrink wrap <laughs> on my copy of Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. Yeah. My copy literally has dust caked onto it. Um, I got this for Christmas. And now it's years a coaster. Ago, and now it is a coaster. Literally. Oh, man. It's sitting in. Put some, your morning coffee on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe it was on that. I don't know. But, um,. Yeah, I keep looking at it, and I'm like, man, I should play that. It sounds fun. <laughs> and then, no, I don't. I haven't. So that's my experience <laughs> with the game. <laughs> I well, keep two of us it. have experience. <laughs> I was going to say, Mark, you are like, every, all of us have deep experience with the game. And like, my mm-hmm. only Rebel deep experience like, is with uh, the shrink wrap. <laughs> oh, man. I've, I've uh, always liked the idea oh of the God. game, but that's mm-hmm. that. So... Fair well, I will um, say this one. If you were to open that right now or go I buy were. the new one, I would say buy the new one right now because it is way better, and you'll finish it. I will finish. Not it. that you okay. won't finish the original, but this one's going to keep you way more captivated. And it's way more immersive, and the amount of strategy that goes into it. Because I thought usually in like a lot of tactics games, especially Fire Emblem, I feel like my strategy doesn't tend to change until I get more characters or different move sets or like stuff like that, but. In this case, my strategy was changing with almost every single level, which I found, or not level, every single battle, I should say, which Mm. is interesting because that usually doesn't happen in a tactics game. And that's partly because of how I wanted my characters to move around the battlefield because of the way they were formatted and just laid out. And then that also had to do with the spark system, which is... um, it's kind of like Pokemon in a sense where some enemies are resistant to certain abilities. And the Sparks, by the way, are hybrids between Rabbids and Lumas that have formed together from a dark energy. So they're, um, they're not annoying. Don't worry. They may seem like it. They're not. <laughs> they don't make much noise to begin with. But uh, yeah, there's like these cute little versions of the Lumas with like Rabbid faces. And they, um, they can provide different... Um, super effects as they call them which are basically like abilities whether that be like fire or thunder you know like it's all that type of stuff but it it works because it adds a second layer of strategy to your approach and a lot of these super effects aren't just your typical like it'll set an enemy on fire or it'll shock them like that's not what all of them do like one is like a splash effect where if you hit them they'll go like flying across the stage so then you start thinking about well if i can equip this to bowser and then blast my bazooka and manage to hit three enemies there's a chance i could throw them all off the stage and kill half their health instantly so it's like there's this whole layer to it that's been added through this um, Luma system or Sparks, you know, and it's great. It, it adds a lot of complexities to a game that didn't necessarily need more of them to begin with, but it's mm. very welcomed. So, now, so that's my a, a question. Sorry to interrupt you, Campbell. No uh, a question for you, Mark. Um, because what you just said is actually very interesting to me because a lot of strategy games... Um, I think I think that is a problem that happens, and not not to strategy games, but in RPGs in general, is that like they they keep like the further you get in the game, they just keep throwing on new systems. You keep learning, you know. There's mm-hmm. there's a new type of 
you know, elemental effect. Now there's a new weapon. Now you have this whole new character. And it's like a lot of the times, like for me, this happens all the time. I just find myself being like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to the stuff I know. Like mm-hmm. rather than like attempt to fold in this new element that got introduced 10 hours into the game. You know, it's, it's uh, do, do you think that, happens here or do you feel like everything's pretty well incorporated the no everything's well incorporated especially the enemy layouts on certain levels where you're gonna have to think against them and you know you're gonna have to there's a reason you're able to go into your team and customize it every single time before you start a fight and it's Mm, because they want you to they want you to analyze the battlefield take a look at how the enemies are because you could see what their weaknesses are automatically it's not like you have to go up to them and be like okay i just got hit or i just found out they're resistant to this like no the the beepo cursor that you can use at the beginning of the battle you can navigate the entire thing before you even start and figure out who's weak to what and then you can plan around that so it's very strategic in that sense and it works it it doesn't derail the fun of it at all if anything it makes it more satisfying to play because once you put all your characters on the field and you're only allowed three at once some battles there you can use up to four but they're like very special cases and they only happen like I think there's only like five of them in the game where you get to use four characters at once. I wish there were more of them, but you know, for the whole game, for the most part, you're using three. And uh, yeah, it's just the decisions you make and everything, the amount of satisfaction in it once you finish a battle and you see that victory screen is just perfect. And I think they really nailed the gameplay here. And I can't wait to see what they do for, they're going to have like a Rayman DLC down the line. And I'm honestly interested to see how they may incorporate Rayman elements into it, potentially, because I think there's even more room to expand this format, even though it's already basically been perfected, I believe, at least. Now, Mark, I wanted to just jump in for that because I know that for the first game, again, haven't played it, but from what I know of the first game, one of its biggest selling points was that, you know, hey, strategy RPGs are can be notoriously complex, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, very accessible, a fairly easy strategy game. Ultimately. And it still is. Yeah, I was going to ask about is. the challenge yeah. in this game. The challenge is certainly there, but you also have selectable difficulties once you start the game. It's oh, easy, okay. normal, or hard. Um, each one has different aspects, whether you'll like automatically be healed after battle or how you have to organize your team or like there's certain like aspects about that, that they add to each difficulty and take away. So the experience there for someone who wants to be more casual and just enjoy exploring the world and solving the puzzles and meeting new characters, it's all there. Like you'll get it. You won't have a hard time with the gameplay. There still will be some challenge to it, obviously, even in easy mode. And it's like the perfect amount where you probably won't have to worry. Based off, I didn't play through easy. I played on normal and hard. I switched it at some points because I was just interested in a harder challenge. Because you're a hardcore gamer. Hardcore (laughs) gamer here, yes, yes. Well, here's the thing. If you really explore, you could really level up like your characters and stuff. So there's one part of the game where I was like, I kind of went off trail and went a little crazy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to set it to hard just for a while. Just so that way I can kind of, you know get in line with everything (laughs) nice Uh, i want to circle back to something you mentioned um kind of in your initial description of the game um you mentioned a a more populated 
uh, overworld, and you mentioned mm-hmm. side quests. So what what what, yes. what form do these side quests take? I'm, I'm very interested. So it's exactly like the original where you go up to an objective, you click A, you go into the battle. It's mm-hmm. it's very much like that in a sense, except now the overworld, because of how more how much more immersive it is and how you walk in like a 3D environment in a sense, rather than like an overhead bird's eye view, you can really poke around every nook and cranny in this overworld. And the five different planets that they give you to explore have a lot of secrets where you like go down warp pipes or you'll solve a puzzle and open up a new area or they might not even involve like a battle that you have to go to sometimes you'll find like a professor who needs your help solving some ancient puzzle and then you'll go through the entire thing nice um kind of speaking to what you to what you just mentioned uh are there okay so the the traversal not traversal but like the exploration in Mm -hmm. uh kingdom battle it's like, not that it's, great. <laughs> it's not that great. Like it's fine, and I think it's I think it's like mm-hmm. pretty fun. But like yeah, you know, the world you, like, is super nice looking, which was it the, looks beautiful. You know, the looks eye beautiful. Of it was the selling point, you know, of the right. at but, least the world aspect. Yeah, but it's it's lacking that like you know that standard like you know you, you see Mario you want to jump around like that's that's kind of what I always think about mm-hmm. like obviously I understand, yeah of course like, di- of course different mm-hmm. different game different characters I get it. Um, is there you said the exploration was better and more immersive in in this in this sequel. Like, mm-hmm. is the movement more or less the same? Like, do you get to jump around? No, no, like, it's compl- it's completely different. You don't get to jump wow. around. There's like obstacles that you can climb, like ladders and blocks and stuff like that. But nice. it's um, you know, since you have a fully controllable camera this time around, they really utilize that sense of you're not on a grid anymore. You're in like an open environment, and they very much pull into that, especially for the puzzles and stuff where you may have to move the camera for a puzzle, or you may have to, you know, traverse a little far across the map and grab like this triangle piece that'll activate a wall like at this certain point. So like they do utilize the world in that sense. Except here's the thing about the world itself. It's interesting because if Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is a Mario game, I would consider Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope a Rabbids game because the Mario influence is just like not here. There's There's a few cameo enemies and stuff like that and like, Magic Koopa and, you know, Goombas, they're, they're involved in the combat. But outside of that, it, there's, like, nothing else really Mario-related outside of the idea of the Lumas. And obviously, Rosalina is involved in the story and stuff like that. But it, I find it odd how they had this opportunity to utilize Mario Galaxy. And they didn't just go for it. Like, they didn't mm. use any of it. Which mm. I find extremely just odd, in a sense. Because... I feel like this whole, you know, the, with the original game, they were so happy to be able to just use the Mario property and be able to experiment with it with new ideas. And when I heard about this one and it was revealed, I was like, oh, it's so cool that they're going to be able to experiment with Galaxy and stuff. Yeah. And they just didn't. There's, you know, the Luma system, like feeding star bits to your Lumas to level them up. Like that is probably it in terms of Mario inspiration that is sitting on this game or you know capt you know capturing around the entire thing there is no sense of mario here which he is on a galactic quest and like i i guess he could justify it but it's like in a sense mario's been all across the galaxy and 
two games now and he went to the moon mm. in odyssey so mm. it's like i kind of expected there to be more mario but it's also it's not a negative thing because now i think it has a fitting duology where the first game can be considered like that mario game and the second one is more so a rabbits game interesting um that's really i've actually never i've never really been into like rayman and the rabbits and all that kind of stuff like it's a series that just kind of missed me um so Me too, for the most part. I well, played so, Rayman so, Legends and then Ray, right. Raving Rabbids back so, on the uh, the Wii. Yeah. So I guess that's my, my question is when, when you say, oh, it's more like a Rabbids game, I don't know what that means. So there's you know more, like, I mean? more Rabbids, like original characters and the atmospheres right. have like the rabbit ears and like stuff like that. There's like small little details. Um, I you see. Know, like small little nuggets and Easter eggs around there. But the whole cast of characters, like outside of Rosalina... There are no other Mario characters in this game. It's just Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Bowser. And then you have like huh. the Goomba, you have Magic Koopa. I Blooper shows up at one point and it's like That's funny. Um I probably shouldn't say that there's a, a boss from one of the Mario games that shows up at one point. I won't say who it is, but he's in one of the worlds. You'll just find him in the background. And then Toad occasionally shows up living alongside the rabbits, which is a little weird, but uh Is Toad the boss from the Mario series? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. I believe the boss, I will say this, I believe he's from Paper Mario. Oh, interesting the wii one the wii one that's even more yeah. interesting so super paper mario super paper mario yes that's what cool. a what an odd pull like what a deep cut <laughs> yeah. like that's the, the weirdest one you yeah, know? yeah 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 mm -hmm. um see the market hearing you describe uh kind of the the crux of this game it's interesting because when i think of super mario galaxy like i think of just the the incredible momentum like the way you can run completely in 3d around the planets like I, there's so many mm -hmm. interesting and unique things about that particular game and its sequel that it's surprising to me to, to hear that they didn't uh utilize whatever yeah that's yeah. really interesting to me wow i wonder why even like anti-gravity i was thinking to that's myself what I'm saying, yeah. it'd be so cool if like you could hit a switch from the distance and everyone just flies onto like a layer above them or like something like that and it's like no there is literally nothing outside of the Lumas and Rosalina. There is no Mario involvement in this game. It's that's, like, it, it's not a Mario game. game. It's a rabid game. Right. Interesting. Well, I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like you're still having a great time with it, which is. Oh yeah. Is, uh, I still, I listen, I really liked it outside of the music and the story, the writing I thought was just um, bad for the most part, which is <laughs> a shame a, because I word? thought the, uh, uh, yeah, I thought the original, I didn't get to finish it, but the writing in it, I felt was a strong point for it, where there was I actual agree, humor yes. to it. And in this one, it kind of feels like not only are they doing more of the same, but there's a lot of jokes that just don't land. Like they make a joke out of like, it's either like a chai latte or a spice latte. And like the joke goes on like way too long. And it's like, why is this in the game? Like, why right. are we talking about chai lattes in a Mario game? It's just, yeah. it doesn't really um, make sense. And then the other thing is the music, which is we have Grant Kirkhope, uh, Gareth Coker, and the girl who did, um, I'm going blank on her Yoko name. Yoko Shimamura. Thank you. Yes. She did Xenoblade Chronicles. All-star team. Fan yeah. Some of the best composers in this entire industry. The soundtrack, if you showed me the soundtrack... I would say maybe Grant Kirkhope was an inspiration and that's it. I don't know what really 
was going on behind the scenes, but it feels like it's not like grand or anything, and it doesn't live up to any of their previous work in a sense. I don't know if it's like too many heads in the kitchen or like they didn't oh, really sure. get to do much. It doesn't feel like the game has a huge soundtrack as is. There's a lot of moments that are like oddly quiet, especially the menus don't have any music, which is like extremely odd. But huh. it's weird. It's like we have this trio, like this all star trio of composers, and it doesn't feel like any of their work. That is interesting, and I, I guess a little bit disappointing, because I, I thought the music for Kingdom Battle is... Was good, yeah. It was, it was good. good, yeah. It's a, certainly a highlight. Um, so it is a, a little bit disappointing to hear that your, your opinion of the music is not as uh, not as positive as we might And expect. that could also be, it might be one of those games where it's like, it's better to listen to the soundtrack, like, just sitting there with headphones on and, like, immersed in it, not paying attention to the game, just listening to the music, but... Right. I feel like that shouldn't be the case still, you know? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, was there anything else? Um, you said the writing's not, very, not your favorite and the music's not your favorite, but... Uh, everything else is great. But everything else I is great. Nothing else. The, the UI, the way they fixed it, it's no more bland white text boxes. Everything looks like stylish and it's very like space-like inspired and looks great. Oh, that's fun. The characters, the animations are all fantastic. There's like some funny stuff in this game, but... Yeah, the the worlds are nice. I just it's just the soundtrack and the writing is the disappointing aspect of yeah. it, which is a shame because if they got those right, this would be like an essential Switch title. But right. in terms of gameplay, it's probably the best tactics game on Switch, I'd say. I'd argue next Whoa. to Fire Emblem 3 Houses. Interesting. I'd argue it okay. rivals it. But okay. hmm. otherwise else I, it's like it's so close to being amazing and it's just like it's almost there it's a great game i highly recommend it i think everyone should play it but it, it's just like there's some things in the like the soundtrack and writing department that hold it back and also the the freaking loading screens i hate this when you oh. have to load up the menu to customize your characters they're not too long they're usually like seven or eight seconds but i hate it because i'm constantly going back and forth between the two where I'm trying to figure things out before I engage in a battle. So it's right. like having to sit through those loading screens is like, <laughs> it's just annoying. Like I wish, you know, for, for a console that constantly gets loading screens pretty much right for the most part compared to like the PS4 and the Xbox One. Now obviously with PS5 and Xbox Series X a little different, but right. compared to those, you know, last gen consoles, scary to say that, is uh it's really the switch is really good in that department it loads a lot faster for a lot of these games so i wasn't expecting that so those are really my only three complaints about the game uh, everything else i love about it especially the combat system again is great it's fantastic that's awesome i i it's it was uh when the when kingdom battle was first announced there was so much backlash. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no way this game is going to be good. It's going to be a disaster. Like, what a stupid idea. What is Nintendo thinking? And then it came out, and we were all kind of very pleasantly surprised by, like, mm -hmm. wow, this game is actually good. So I think that did build up a lot of hype for the sequel. Um, oh, yeah. So, it, so I, I mean, it's, it's exciting to hear that it, that it more or less delivers on uh, being, like, a really good game. Like, obviously, you know, your mileage may vary in terms of like the humor landing for you or 
you know, especially. If oh you, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Like obviously, that's that's a part of it that uh, that's going to land differently mm-hmm. for everybody. We but, mentioned uh, but this, you know, last week. If you like the Minions movies, then uh, you know, if you're uh, endorsing them, you'll probably enjoy <laughs> a lot of the stuff here. But yes. uh, you know, if you're looking for something that's more. I compared it in my review to like the joys of Mario Galaxy, where there's a simple, there's a simplicity to the story that has a lot of heart. And I think this game could have used a lot of that. And it does have moments where that shines through, but it doesn't show up everywhere. And that's the problem. Right. Does, I'm just curious, does uh, Sparks of Hope have kind of the equivalent to, um, what was it called? Uh, uh, Rosalina's like, house that you're building the observatory thank you is there is there like the equivalent of that in this game for like a hub world do you mean yeah like i know there's like a hub world but is there anything like i I think the observatory is one of like the oh no there's no hub world so you have um you have a ship that's inspired by the delorean from back to the future it's (laughs) it's literally the delorean from back to the future like i'm not even joking it literally has the flex capacitor on the back as an easter egg yeah but um, that's sort of your base of operations, except it's not really something you can explore. It's something you just go up to, click A, go to a different planet, lands you to the next one. Right. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, I thought the, <laughs> the the observatory was such a fun uh, a fun thing to return to after, after every level in, in Super Mario Galaxy. So, it's, again, yeah. it's surprising that they didn't take, like, hey, here's the super cool thing that everybody loves, and they didn't just, like, put it in this game <laughs> that's another thing they don't use you know for a game where mario is traveling to space you would expect to see some of the creatures or something or the inhabitants from mario galaxy or perhaps even easter eggs to those worlds none of them right. show up yeah none of them There's i wonder how nothing. much of that i wonder how much of that is like nintendo being like nope sorry those are ours like i know they've been pretty liberal with with some of their mm-hmm. licensing but i, I wonder if yeah if, of course if that's, you know if that, that's NBA. and that's why oh, i say sorry. this you know this game makes a perfect duology with kingdom battle in a sense where kingdom right. battle is the mario game but sparks of hope is the rabbits game which right. is a shame that ra- the rabbits game is the better one but uh, right you know uh so i i, I final question I'll, I'll turn it over to campbell if he has any more questions um so kingdom battle had that really good donkey kong DLC, the Donkey Kong, what was it called? Mm-hmm. The, the uh, I don't remember the name. I think of it, it was just like, called Donkey Kong Adventure or something. <laughs> something. That's what I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Don, Donkey Kong Adventure, uh, which was actually really good. It brought in some fun new weapons. Uh, obviously, you had the rabid Cranky Kong, which was very delightful. Uh, are, do you have any hopes for uh, Sparks of Hope DLC, or what, what would you want to see? Well, Rayman's going to be in it, and based on the trailer, it seems like he's teaming up with the Rabbids. Which is, nice, you know, nice. he's usually against the Rabbids, Rayman. Right. Because they, like, trapped him in the original um, Rayman Raving Rabbids. But um, I'm hoping to see Rayman's friend, uh, Glowbox, who's always in the, oh, nice. uh, the yeah. Rayman games. I hope they put him in there. Or, like, some other Rayman characters. Even if they're from, like, Rayman Legends, which I love that game. It's a game we yeah. should talk about sometime. But, uh, yeah, I, I I hope it has a lot of Rayman and mixed Mario content into it, and I hope they don't cheat players out on being like, well, only the Rabbids show up in the DLC, like Rabbid Mario and Rabbid Peach. Like, I hope right. Mario gets to finally be alongside Rayman, you know? Yeah, that would be fun, and that would be like a, again, Ray, Rayman's kind of, not not nearly as popular these days as, a, as he once was, but that, that would be a really fun, like, crossover, I think. I think that'd be really <laughs> neat to see. Um, well, Campbell, anything else for any questions about uh, about Mark's experience with uh, with this game? I have a very important question. So, mm-hmm. once again, 
I haven't played or opened Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Given mm-hmm. everything that you've talked about for the sequel, the resounding recommendation overall you gave it, should mm-hmm. I open Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, or should I just go and buy the sequel, or should it just, if I haven't played the first game, not even bother with the second? I know it's a complicated since question. You, since you own since you own the first one, I'm gonna say you have to at least try it. And if you enjoy a lot of the ideas, I would say buy the second one. Mm-hmm. But if you don't own the first one, go buy the second game. That's mm-hmm. my recommendation. Just just jump right to the second. Mm-hmm. And if you played the first game and you liked it, you're gonna love the second one. That's what I'm gonna say. Nice. Uh, that's about that's about as a uh, as strong of a recommendation uh, as you're gonna get, I think. Uh, and mm-hmm. Mark, you've got at least you got your review up on the website. It looks like here. Uh, yeah, and I'll have other articles throughout. The I'm week. sure. Obviously, yeah. the embargo is until or the embargo the embargo is over. The game doesn't release until uh, Friday. So got it. So we got a couple uh, days. Uh, we're still restricted on saying some stuff. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're listening to this, maybe stay tuned uh, over on Goombastomp for for more articles from Mark. Um, and in the meantime, you can read his uh, his his initial thoughts, his review. Uh, Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope opens a fan favorite crossover to a galaxy of possibilities. So uh, a, a pretty pretty stellar review for uh, what is apparently a very fun game. So we're gonna call it here for this week's uh, episode. Next week we're planning on doing uh, kind of a kind of a mega super episode for our 100th episode recording together. The three of us uh, hosts. So stay tuned for that. Our Persona 5 blowout will probably have a special guest on and, and just talk about a, a, a JRPG that we have known and loved for years and uh, frankly cannot stop talking about. Now we finally get the chance to do it on this podcast. It's finally on Switch. I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Uh, recently, I reviewed The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow, a fantastic point-and-click adventure game, as well as Tinykin, a great 3D platformer inspired by Pikmin, available over on Switch and uh, Xbox Game Pass, if you have an Xbox. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ActionDaxon. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me, of course, at the Mark Hell. It's Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find all of my work over on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, find find it on Instagram. Sorry, yeah. Mark's Sorry. an influencer. Yeah, <laughs> that's you right. Can find all my work over on Goombastomp.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. That's what I meant to say. You are uh, your right work now on Instagram, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean that is true for Kirby Informer, but for, uh, for Goombastomp.com, <laughs> you can find all my stuff uh, right now up on the website. I've got a review for Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. I almost said a Kingdom Battle. Um, yes. I'll have other coverage for the game up during once uh, the game releases because that's when we're allowed to post more stuff. So you can check out more stuff then. And then, of course, I also have a piece on why you should give Chris Pratt a chance as Mario, which I talk about the history of Mario's voice actors. So you can check that out, too. Awesome. And uh, Campbell, what about yourself? You can find me on Twitter and my work on Twitter at CampbellLaskill, uppercase CSG. And you can find my games writing, not me personally, but my games writing work over at Goombastomp.com. Uh, got an indie game spotlight that went up a few weekends ago, highlighting some of the five, not some of the five, all five best <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> demos from October 2022. Making fun of me because I messed up. Right? No, and I'm just like, some of the five. It's just like... This was good. It's great. We're, yeah, all, no, we're, keep all, this we're all professional professional talkers. We've been over, doing this for 99 here. episodes. We know what uh-huh. we're doing. Um, but yeah, uh, check out that article. Stay tuned for a new indie game spotlight that I think should be slated for this weekend. So keep an eye out for that, as well as some 
a lot more exciting indie games content coming out in the near future. Very exciting. And uh, NExpress is also on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpressNintendo. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you, you know, if you want to reach out to us, you want you want to ask us a question or you have like fun ideas for a topic, feel free to send an email to videogameseditor at goombastomp.com. Maybe put like, maybe tag NExpressNintendo in the subject line or something or like, hey, Campbell, Mark, and, and Cameron, question for you. Something like that to indicate that it is for... Uh, for the podcast we're over on all your favorite podcast apps don't forget to rate review all that good stuff uh, helps more people find the show keeps engagement uh, going and helps us keep making more episodes so thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time